0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo Podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism, like the Westminster Catechism and others, is simply a tool that offers a summary of certain biblical truths and doctrine. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism, for it's easy to follow structure of what are called 52 Lord's Days. Today we are in episode number 21, and therefore in Lord's Day number 21. Lord's Day number 21 focuses on the third section of the Apostles' Creed. This third section is a section that speaks of the Holy Spirit. It goes as follows. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. In particular, Lord's Day 21 focuses on the three aspects that follow the Holy Spirit, mainly the phrase, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, and the forgiveness of sins. Lord's Day number 21 begins with this question, what do you believe concerning the Holy Catholic Church? Now, let's be honest, when we think of Holy and Catholic Church, we immediately think of the Roman Catholic Church. However, this is not what the Apostle Creed is referring to. Here, it is referring to the fact that the church is holy, it is sacred, it is set apart for Christ and by Christ and through Christ. But it is also Catholic in the sense that it is universal. Here, a term that is used by some is the invisible church, versus the visible church. The invisible church, that is, being the uh, church at large, and the Visible church, meaning the local church, the body of believers that congregate in various areas of the world. The manifestation of the visible church consists of, for instance, buildings, pastors, elders, people that attend church, things that happen within the church like preaching, communion, baptism, uh, ordinations, etc. And it is visible to anyone and to everyone. Now, not everyone who is in the visible church is part of the church, for there are those who attend church who are false believers. One thing that is important to notice is that there is no pattern, so to speak, for the visible church, for Christians meet in different buildings. They can meet outside in desert areas and beaches and in hotels and malls and anywhere they like. But one thing is for sure is that we can see it, Therefore, it is called the visible church. The invisible church refers to those who are part of the body of Christ, those who have been redeemed, those who are disciples, those who believe and are true believers. Though they are called invisible, it does not mean that they are unreal. They do not exist. They do exist. But again, it's just a delineation of the difference between local churches and the church at large. To aid us in our understanding here, perhaps the Westminster Standards could help us. Another catechism. It says, of a church, the Catholic or universal church, which is invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, and or shall be gathered into one under Christ the head thereof, and is the spouse, the body, the fulness of him that filleth all in all. the visible church, which is also Catholic or universal under the gospel, not confined to one nation as before under the law, consists of all those throughout the world that profess the true religion and of their children. And it is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the house and the family of God, out of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation. But back to the Heidelberg Catechism, here is the answer offered to this question. That out of the whole human race, from the beginning to the end of the world, the Son of God, by His Spirit and Word, gathers, defends, and preserves for Himself unto everlasting life a chosen communion in the unity of the true faith and that I am and forever shall remain a living member of this communion. Again, here the word communion is a reference to the church. We recall here the words of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, which says, And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Another crucial verse here for us is Ephesians 4. Three and six which in there it says there is one body one spirit just as we were called in one hope in our calling Calling our Lord is one one faith one baptism one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in all It is in this visible church that communion takes place through the Lord's Supper through baptism through uh, The preaching of the word and other things and one last thing here is the fact that it is the visible church that shows us the unity that we have in christ regardless of our background it shows the beauty of us all being members of one body that is very diverse very unique but yet unified and to this i offer you galatians three twenty-eight. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Heidelberg Catechism continues. It gives us another question, and this: this question. What do you understand by communion of saints? Quote, the answer given is this. First, that believers, one and all, as members of the Lord Jesus Christ, are partakers with Him in all His treasures and gifts. And second, that each one must feel himself bound to use his gifts readily and cheerfully for the advantage and welfare of other members. Notice the reference to us being members of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, John 1, 3 says that truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And the famous verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which say, for as the body is one, it has many members, but all the members of that One body, being many, are one body, so is also Christ. For we, by one Spirit, were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. And it is the Spirit that gives us different gifts to use for the benefits of the body. It is the Spirit that gives us and makes us partakers of fellowship with Christ and other believers. The Holy Spirit allows us to live in communion and in unity, not only with Christ, but with others. Philippians 2, verses 4 and 6 says this, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also, or was also, in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, Jesus is the one who has accomplished our forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins. So to that, we now turn to the last question of the Heidelberg Catechism, day number 21, which states, What do you believe concerning the forgiveness of sins? The answer given is that God, for the sake of Christ's satisfaction, will no more remember my sins, nor the sinful nature with which I have to struggle all my life long but graciously imputes to me the righteousness of Christ, that I may never more come into condemnation. A few verses are offered here. First John 2 2 says, And he himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Second Corinthians five nineteen and twenty one says, That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, it is in him through Jesus that we have been made righteous. Our sins have been forgiven, and our standing with God has changed. The words of Paul ring beautifully here And Romans chapter 7, verse 24. It says, O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Old Testament prophets looked forward to this, and even the psalmist. The psalmist says in one of my favorite verses, by the way, in Scripture, Psalm 103, verse 3, 10, and 12, which say, Who forgives our iniquities or your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? He has not dealt with us according to our sins, thank goodness, right? Nor punished us according to our iniquities. And then he states, As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Notice that last phrase, according to the riches of His grace. It is through God's grace, through Christ, in Christ, by Christ, that we have received redemption and forgiveness. And for that, folks, we must praise God and shout out our hallelujahs to Him on a daily basis. We praise God and we thank Him for our forgiveness, for it is truly an accomplishment that we cannot do for ourselves. Well, folks, that's it for episode number 21. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share my podcast on social media with your friends and family. Till next time.